You know, talking about inflation, what were you saying a while ago about you bought? Yeah. What, what was I mean, it? Let me get this other guy out of here real quick. Yeah, just biscuit, take care of him. At any rate, <laughs> I bought a, you know, I bought some sugar yesterday, a little pound bag of it. And I last time I purchased that, it was a dollar forty nine cents. Yesterday, I had the pleasure of spending three dollars and twelve cents of my hard earned money, double. Some, and you think the double the price? Now that's ridiculous. The, it is. You think the Biden administration might have had something to do with that? Mm-hmm. I understand they're raising the rates. That's going to do what? That's supposed to reduce inflation. Okay. And ex- and spendings, which would reduce inflation. Also, I I bought a bag of potato chips. Now it's a thirteen ounce bag. For four dollars and fifty nine cents, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. Well, I'm sure you know, they, they don't are. even have the big bags of potato <laughs> chips anymore because it would cost over ten dollars for a big bag of potato chips. Well, we're blessed, aren't we? <laughs> so, don't we like this inflation? Yeah, but okay. Then, now, I got something. Who's responsible? Of, I mean, is it the we grocery are. stores? No, it's us. Or is it is we, it we're, we're, we put these people in office that created this daggum mess? Is our problem? When you put money in print, it that's what happens, folks. So okay. anyway, we have with us today Senator Darcy Yeck, and he's going to chime in. Wait just a minute. Let me turn your mic on. Boom, you're that on. A bag of potato chips. I wonder how much that farmer in Caddo County got for his potatoes that went into that four dollar sixteen ounce bag. Of, not the, much. Yeah, not much. Not uh, probably equitable. Uh, that's right. Because you have a lot of middlemen in there, and they're saying. Well, let's fill this bag with a lot of air so it looks like it's bigger. And then it's got like a third of the potato chips in it for $4.59. So the point, I guess, that I'm trying to get out of this one would be to produce the potato chip probably costs more money as well. Maybe that's the reason why your potato chip comes out high. Shouldn't the potato be the biggest cost since that's the initial, that's what what they're made out of? It probably is. It probably is. No, not wrong. Really? How you feel about that, Senator? Well, I guarantee you that farmer's input costs have gone up a lot. So, but whether or not he's being rewarded on what his oh. input costs have gone up, I kind of doubt it. Those those guys' prices are set; they don't have anything. They don't have any control over that. So, unfortunately, wow. they pay whatever the market pays them, and and they go buy those potato chips just like you and I do, and pay four dollars and fifty nine cents right. for a bag. I'm going. I'm I'm a, I'm not going to buy any. I'm, I'm protesting. That's the way I do, it. and it's not a protest in my deal. If it's not in the budget. Uh, and I live on a what you would call a, a living that doesn't increase with inflation. You know, my income is pretty much stable. So I have to live within a budget. And some of these things I cut out years ago. Potato chips, it's not a healthy food anyway. It's not? No, oh. no, no, no. <laughs> now, they do have healthy potato chips. And you can go to Whole Foods. Uh, somewhere like that. And we grow don't your own potatoes. Whole hey, hey, grow here. your own potatoes. That's what I do. Slice them up and make your you own can, potato you chips. Can. Right. Isn't that right? My grandmother yeah. used to make homemade potato chips. They were very good. And put those potatoes, grow them, and, and store them. You can keep them for a little while. Knock a lot of that money out. Where do you store them in the in the cellar? I usually keep them down there in that cellar. I do, and some dark, cool place. Now that way, leave that, the dirt that way on they them. won't sprout. Well, or do they sprout after a while down there? I, I think that's time more than anything. Well, I think we ought to talk sprout. to Dar- Senator Yex since he okay. made the trip over here to be here in person this morning. Hey, I'm enjoying morning. this conversation. I've got some <laughs> potatoes that I need to dig, so uh, I can't. I don't have a cellar, so I don't have a place well, to keep this right put a, on. Put them in some bags, and but leave the dirt leave on. The don't wash them. Okay. If you're going to store them for a little while, that's right. my suggestion. Okay. It works well for me. So Good what's advice. going on in the Capitol? You were in session this week, and you came in, and finally overrode a couple of vetoes by the governor 
Tell us about it. Yeah, we did. We went in. Uh, we went in Monday. Uh, had the votes. Uh, we went in once before, and uh, we heard the Senate vote before. Didn't have enough people there. We got. We had to get to thirty-two votes before we got to thirty-one. So we were one short. Uh, there were a lot of people that couldn't make it to the vote this past Monday. So we got. We got there. We got to four, thirty-four this time. So on both the Senate bill and the Senate bill was the one on the uh, tobacco tax that was overridden and the. And then we went to the House bill, the one on the the, t- the car tags, and that one was overridden by the same margin, 34 votes with that one as well. So now that uh, that particular bill will go to the House, and I think they're meeting on the 31st. Okay. To, yeah, we'll, uh, that. the session's going to adjourn on 31st, so I believe that's right. I believe they're coming in on 31st, and they'll hear the Senate bill that we overrode and uh, see what happens with that. So what else? Any other bills you might override, or is this it? No, I think it's year? I think it's it. Uh, the governor can always call a special session for whatever topic he chooses to. Haven't heard any anything about that, whether or not that happens or not. So um, we'll see. I mean, I've 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 had enough of these special so sessions. So why did the governor veto these bills? I mean, they were bills that that just basically did really not a lot except extend the negotiation period for a year, right? It's exactly. It's, exa- it's very simple. That's all it did. So those compacts are due to expire December 31st of this year, of 23. So all this did was leave the compacts just like they are. It just gives them, them meaning the governor and the tribes, another year to negotiate that. They don't need to take that time. They can they can hopefully come to an agreement this year, but uh, hopefully um, hopefully they'll get together. So to answer your question, I really don't know exactly why the governor uh, chose to override those. Um, there have been some issues, it seems like, with the governor's office and the tribes from really from day one of his administrations. He's got his reasons for that. Don't really know what they are uh, exactly. Uh, I know he – I support him on a lot of things that he's done, uh, but we do need to get along with the tribes. They're a big part of, uh, of our population, a big part of – um, really the economy in Oklahoma. But uh, the McGirt decision several years ago, that kind of threw everything up in a tizzy. So uh, until that gets finalized, I'm not sure we really know for sure how we need to proceed from here. So that's kind of what's added to now the Now, these challenges. compacts were basically compacts to work together to sell cigarettes and gasoline. Um, and the cities, I mean, the states share some of that money in those compacts. They get about 50% of the tax dollars. It's a 50-50 deal on both the Senate bill, which was on the tobacco tax, and uh, the House bill, which is on vehicle tax. So, so it's how much 50-50. money we're talking about? Yeah, I think on the Senate bill and tobacco tax, it's about $58 million. That's what the state's revenue is, and it's quite a bit less on the tax. I think it's something like $18 million a year is what that is. So, uh, I mean, it's it's a significant amount for sure. And what we've seen before, we let the we the state let the uh, compact that the tribes had on uh, hunting and fishing licenses. We let that expire a few years ago, and uh, since that's happened, uh, the state's getting no revenue on those tribal hunting and fishing licenses that they sell. So we kind of learned from that that the tribes don't necessarily have to have this agreement, and they've they're, they've continued to sell those hunting and fishing licenses. And they're not re- returning anything to the state. So, so. The, the the attorney general announced this week, and he was here yesterday, Gatner Drummond, that he's filing a lawsuit basically against the governor uh, because uh, he doesn't because he's not getting along with the tribes and he's interceding with that, uh, allowing the legislature. He says that's the tool that needs to be used in order to make these deals. Well, that'll be decided. I know it's a lawsuit, so the governor would dispute what the attorney general is saying. So, surprise, surprise, the governor's got his staff of attorneys as well as does the attorney general. So, and they'll come to an agreement. I, I, 
I really hate that uh, the governors were spending a lot of tax dollars defending these cases and presenting these cases. So that's a that's a lot of money being spent to determine these. So I really wish hope at some point cooler heads prevail and we can get a resolution. So we have four hundred some odd thousand tribal members. That's about ten percent of the population in Oklahoma. Some of the concerns that some of the tribes have is how do we test the sovereignty of these nations? And that's what's been tested here. And I, and I think the governor, in my opinion, from day one, has felt like that on the state's behalf, he needs to go out and get some of this, this money that basically could be shared in different ways. What, what, I, what my thinking is now is how can we do the tax credit thing for education and then turn around and squabble about $58 million? All that affected the the general fund. Both of these are general fund issues. Well, there's no question, man. Both of those affect the the dollars we can appropriate, whether it's the money that we're spending on uh, vouchers or tax credits for education, um, or the money that we'd be not receiving revenue we'd be forgoing for these compacts. And we've we've oh, really it's amazing how far we have come in the last twenty years in Oklahoma. I mean, I can remember the tribes did a little bingo, but it was not a big, not a big income-producing situation for the tribes. But they were doing bingo, and then Governor Henry made the compact to allow them to do class uh, two gambling, which then ultimately gave the state the opportunity to do the the uh, scratch off and the lottery stuff. Supposedly, that was going to bring in enough money to help education. It really hasn't done that. It's helped some, but not to the extent they thought it would. No, it's it's amazing how much the gambling parts uh, expanded, and there's more on the table. There's Should we be doing that as a state? I mean, I'm I'm telling you, what we have a lot of money being spent, uh, and we have another addiction that's more widespread in Oklahoma than ever, and that's gambling. And and yeah, and, and when you had to go to Las Vegas to gamble. You know, it took an effort to get out there. Now, you know, you can take your paycheck and go out to these casinos and spend well, you, it you all can. in one night. You, you can, and most of those people that – you we're actually, in a way, growing new gamblers, uh, creating more people that, that would do that. You can't, Most of us wouldn't make it out to Vegas. So once we're exposed to it, there's going to be a certain number there, I guess, that will well, We are keeping uh, some of that money in Oklahoma, I guess, from that standpoint. Well, I guess so. And uh, I know Texas, I think, is trying to get gambling. Well, if you go to – what's the big uh, casino on the state line? Yeah, Windstar. You see more Windstar. Texas cars Windstar. there? Well, anywhere. I was going to say. If Louisiana the, the same way? There's no question. A lot of good money coming out of Texas going to uh, So if they Oklahoma. get the right to gamble in Texas, that's just going to take a lot of that away. You would think so. So you may, maybe they're creating this, these huge casinos down along the yeah. state line. What effect is that going to have? I don't have a problem with the casino. If we get back to to the basics, we spoke of say with Paul Harvey start start doing our homework. You don't become a gambler unless you uh, want to, and we need to own that up. That's our ownership. So we don't create things that you have to do unless you want to. Anyway, let me quit talking about that one. And We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about. Uh, other things going on in the state legislature, uh, interim studies, things like that. But So stay tuned. 21 minutes now after 7 o'clock. The Right Time with Harold Wright, brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on KCLI. 
You know it's really tough keeping your CPAP machine clean and safe. That's why Priority Home Medical Equipment has quality, durable medical equipment like masks, cushions, hoses, and supplies so you can be sure that your CPAP machine stays clean and functioning properly. For all of your home medical needs, keep it safe. Ask your doctor or medical provider to use or prescribe to Priority Home Medical Equipment. Priority Home Medical Equipment on South 30th Street in Clinton or find them at PriorityHomeMedicalEquipment.com. Pepsi Zero Sugar has taken its flavor to the next level. A Zero Sugar Cola has never tasted this good. But we don't expect you to take our word for it, so we're putting it to the test. Starting with me. Cue the fireworks. We have an official best Zero Sugar ever. It's delicious, it's refreshing, and it's so good you'll need to try it for yourself. Pepsi Zero Sugar. Zero never tasted so good. That's what I like. Pepsi is delivered locally by the Nicholson family at Pepsi of Clinton. This Friday night, come out to McLean Rogers Park in Clinton for the ninth of 10 concerts brought to you by the Levitt and Clinton Music Series. Enjoy food trucks, vendors, and live entertainment. From local artist Jared Day. Hosted by Levitt and Clinton Music Series this Friday night, 7 to 9. Come see Jared Day. Jared Day. All opening at 6 at the amphitheater at McLean Rogers Park in Clinton. Go with your gut. Your dog's immune system is based in the gut. A diet lacking in nutrients can cause itching, scratching, and a weak immune system. However, there is a solution. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E. Dinovite. It took a grand total of two weeks. The dog stopped itching. The hair stopped falling out. Try Dinovite for free. Just pay shipping and handling. Learn more at Dinovite.com slash radio. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dinovite. One of the most important things that you can invest in is a good mattress. I mean, that affects how you feel, how you function. We have a great lineup of Englander mattresses. We have Sealy. We have Stearns & Foster, which is a handmade high-end Sealy. And we have Tempur-Pedic. They're second to none. My dad has always said, just take care of folks. Todd Fist, the best in quality, service, and price on the main corner in Weatherford. Brian Baca is an investment advisor representative of and advisory services offered through Royal Fund Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Financial planning means different things to different people. Sorting out all of the options and choices can be extremely overwhelming. This is Brian Baca with Advanced Financial Strategies in Clinton. How much monthly income will you need to sustain your lifestyle for as long as you live? What will retirement look like for you? Will you run out of money before you run out of life? Will your income in retirement be fully taxed or fully tax-free? Do you even know that you have a choice? Are you maximizing your 401k or retirement contributions? Most people don't even know their options or whether they're maximizing them or not. We've all heard the old saying when it comes to vehicles and maintenance, pay me now or pay me later. That same saying even applies to financial planning. There are so many puzzle pieces to financial planning. We've been helping people with these puzzle pieces for the past 29 years. Let us show you what financial planning looks like from an independent point of view. Give us a call for a complimentary appointment, 323-6800. Or visit our website, retirewithbacca.com. Good morning. 25 minutes after 7 o'clock, the right time for West Oklahoma. Our guest on the program today is Senator Darcy Yeck, who's from Kingfisher, represents Custer County and a large part of western Oklahoma, including Anadarko. And I just heard on the news they're getting ready to have a opening of a 
art gallery there. And are you going to be uh, going to go to Anadarko for that? Uh, I'd love to. I haven't been received an invitation, you, but I'd love to be a part of well, that. Well, they need to invite the senator from there. <laughs> <laughs> Does your radio station reach to Anadarko? Yes. Does this one get there? Okay. Well, yes. Good. Maybe this will get me an so invitation. So maybe those folks listening to our station in Anadarko today would want to want to invite you, since you just happen to be their state Love senator <laughs> for that area. Uh, you know, they had a state senator there for years that just covered pretty much Custer and Grady County, but because of the dynamics that have happened with the population base shifting from rural to metro, and the growth has all been in the metropolitan areas. Uh, these areas out in the rural rural parts of the country are just. You know, Senate, uh, how many, 48 districts in in a state that's got, you know, the number of people we have, almost over 4 million. Yeah. Um, so what's happened is, like Darcy's, how many, how many counties do you have? Well, actually, my counties went down because I didn't have all of Custer County before. I got Clinton and Weatherford, so now I've got all of the county. I, I lost Roger Mills County and Beckham County before, so I don't go all the way west, all the way state line anymore. But I still got all our parts of five counties, so, yeah, it's a lot. Uh, fortunately, in this last redistricting, one of my goals was to keep it rural. Uh, so living in Kingfisher, that district could have easily gone east into you know, Piedmont, Deer Creek, Yukon, Mustang, and I did not want that to happen, so I'm pleased at least this seat, and there are not very many rural seats like mine anymore, but I'm pleased at least this seat is still predominantly rural. And probably over the years, that will change. You're probably right, yeah. So you term out, and the question I'm going to ask deals with whether terms are beneficial or whether, like both term you, limits, uh, term limits. Yeah. I'm speaking of term limits because your limit is up, right? This is your last go round. Got three such three years left. Yeah. Okay. Tell us how you feel about that in terms of term limits. I will not be kicking and screaming in three years when it's time for me to leave. I'll be ready to go. Now, I could argue the other side of that. There's a lot of institutional knowledge that walks out of that building. When Harold left, he had 12 years of experience that left. So his replacement, Nick's doing a great job, or Anthony's doing a great job. Both. Anthony's yours. Yeah. yeah, both those guys doing a great job. But there's a learning curve there. I learn stuff every day, and I bet Harold did too, even in his last session. So we mm-hmm. learn stuff every day. But um, just like any other experience of any other job, you, you, you've seen maybe what's been tried, what's worked, what hasn't worked how to get to where you need to go. You develop relationships and contacts with people that help you resolve problems. So um, those are the reasons that, that it's kind of tough to see those folks go that have been there for a long time. But uh, new blood is always good, new ideas, new enthusiasm. So uh, I, I support that. But personally speaking, um, it's been it's been a wonderful experience, continues to be so. I've met some amazing people, got to work with some wonderful colleagues. But uh, I'll be ready to move on with my life when that so, time comes. What's sure. the most enjoyable part of being a state senator for you? You know, this is um, it's a question I get a lot, and there's there's no doubt. I mean, when you campaign and you go to events and you knock on doors and you hear, I mean, that's that's as grassroots as it gets right there. You knock on someone's door, you don't know what that issue is going to be. Kind of, so it's hearing from the people one-on-one. I mean, that's an amazing process. Um, we did a lot of that last year. Uh, we had a tough campaign for sure last year, and we did a lot of that, worked hard. But um, probably that, and, you know, you gain an appreciation for what it takes to make the state government work, really. It's it's not as simple as, as you might think. Uh, I say that, but yet in the in the House and the Senate and the governor's office, we're all Republicans. It's a majority Republican, super majority Republican. So you'd think, and common sense would tell you, that we could get a lot of things done because our agenda should be somewhat, as Republicans, should be very similar. But um, 
Uh, this year was a perfect example. It was a tough year. It was a tough negotiating year for a lot of reasons, but uh, a lot of reasons that we uh, ourselves. When you had more money than you, you, you needed, it was more difficult than when you didn't have as much. you think that's true? Because you've been through both of that. I have been through scenarios. both. So, yeah, when, you, when you're broke, and I think you might have been there when you had a $1.3 billion deficit. Well, when agencies come with your money, it's pretty easy to say, I'm sorry, we don't have the money. So the answer is no to all those requests. But um, the last few years have been better. Um, Governor sits a good job. We've come through COVID fine, and the economy's good. Uh, commodities have been good, so the revenues have been up. So then those agencies are quick to remind us, I hey, remember those cuts we had in 2018, We need money now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's Come restore those. And I don't disagree. They're doing their mm-hmm. job. So a lot of those a lot of those cuts, I mean, it's sometimes those down years aren't necessarily bad because it gives them a chance and us a chance to trim the fat on some of those agencies. So that happened. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting process for sure. Tune in every weekday at 6 a.m. for The Right Time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3 News Talk KCLI.